Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I, I don't, oh, did I wear dresses in the record shop? Yeah, on, fr- on Friday doing? nights I did. Yeah. I remember going into a urinal once and I was DJing at a party. Um, and I remember going into the urinal at this party and lifting up my skirt to have a pee. Which is actually really, it's a really, it's, skirts are very practical for yeah. men in a lot of circumstances. Mm-hmm. And they keep your parts aired. Um, and these guys just didn't know what to do. I think they wanted to beat me up, but they weren't quite sure whether that would be applicable because I think they might have been slightly worried that a guy who would do this can probably look after himself. Sometimes these things are very, the memories of those times are very fluid, Mm -hmm. both metaphorically and literally. (laughs) Um, You know, some, it's, it's a bit like sloshing around, looking into a bottle of red wine to see if someone's put a cigarette butt in there. (laughs) Is peering back into my childhood sometimes. And often there is a cigarette butt in there and often I still drink it. Alan Bro, comedian, actor, writer, eccentric antipodean, bon vivant, and lately stay-at-home dad. He's one of my favourite people, but then thanks to Specs and Specs, he's a lot of people's favourite person. And over the next 45 minutes or so, you'll hear his thoughts on everything from popularity to passing the torch to parenting. I'm Michelle Laurie, and this is the Nitty Gritty Committee, conversations about the guts and the glory of life. I think the only truly revolutionary thing to do anymore is to be discreet. And being popular is really fucking hard, or we all would be. If we could all do jokes that everyone seemed to like, we fucking would. Well, no, not everyone. Probably. But do you know what I mean? Like, it's really, it, I always find it interesting that people go, oh, that person's overrated. Really? No, I think you're confused. I think you mean, I'm jealous that they're popular. Very vividly, we're uh, singing along to the Jesus Christ Superstar soundtrack. Um, because, you know, two of the great constants in my life, at that, particularly at that time, which I was probably 11 or 12, mm. were religion and music and the combination of those two things. And I was sort of moving away from the music that my parents liked into music that I liked and rock and roll and Jesus together. Well, <laughs> bingo. And singing along to that in my room. And then when I was 16, myself and Neil Holt, um, Sang, could sing the entire Rocky Horror through, or both of us just doing all the parts. And I don't think I've ever been happier. <laughs> and so I think that weirdly, I am a performer who doesn't like audiences. 
My family was a huge dichotomy because they were, both my parents were really obsessed with what people thought. What, they were very worried that people would think less of them, particularly my mother. People couldn't have thought any more highly of my mother, to be perfectly honest, but she never got that. And my father was a performer who was in, just weird, like most performers are, like that, that thing of, I want you to look at me. No, I will tell you when you are to look at me. <laughs> yep. And so my, my life has been a constant pull between not wanting to make a fuss and being a performer. Yeah. The two things seem almost mutually exclusive. And as I get older, the not wanting to make a fuss is winning. I don't particularly want to be famous. I think stand-up's a particularly interesting avenue for you to go into because that's where an audience is likely and on some level encouraged to tell you what they think. <laughs> well, that's why I can't do it anymore. Yeah, right. Someone said yeah. to me recently, they said, you were a good stand-up. You I said, were a well, great stand-up. I said, well, that is, well, thank you, that's very kind, but it never felt like it. And that's very, it's really important how yeah. it feels. And, and I thought about doing a show. I was actually going to do a show... Um, about the year that I've spent with looking after my daughter. Yeah. And um, because I thought there might be something in that. And it was suggested to me, and I thought, okay, that could be interesting. And I, then I thought, wait a minute, that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> Standing up in front of people again for an hour yeah. by myself. For weeks. Yeah, for weeks. And why would I? And the thing is, there, and also I've realised, because before this period of looking after my daughter and not. Well, not working at what I have been working at, but working at, at looking after her and, you know, stopping her running into the road and things like that. Yeah. Or encouraging her to run into the road. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I did a musical for eight months, yeah. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And that was great fun. Because still the performing is difficult for me because of the audience. Because, you know, they are there to judge you. Like, it is a popularity contest. Yeah. Like, you're meant to be popular. Yeah. So that, I struggle with that. But the camaraderie of doing it with other people is just so lovely. Yeah. The backstage bit, the bit before and after the going on stage mm -hmm. is always joyful. Sometimes the stage bit is, is fun. But never as much fun as hanging around, particularly with old actors, who are just delightful. I worked with this guy once. Uh, um, his name is Michael Morrissey. He is absolutely wonderful. We did a couple of Shakespeare's together. And, we did the um, we did Twelfth Night, and there's a sort of comic duo in it. So Andrew Aguchik, who I played, and to Toby Belch, who Michael played. And Michael just has a wonderful manner, and he is just he is one of those great old theatrical men. He's a really great actor, but he also, in some ways, his greatest role is being an old actor. <laughs> like that, he's really he really he has really expanded to meet the needs, and he is very generous. And he said, one, it said, I came off after doing a scene and I said, oh God, my throat is really dry. I've, there's a little drink behind my mirror. So off you, off you pop, love. And so I went round and behind his mirror was a very makeshift sort of, the theatre was still being built, it was a very makeshift sort of um, dressing room. Just tucked behind the mirror was a highball glass, so tall and thin, with some ice and a slice of lemon in it. And I thought, well, look. So I had a sip and I just... It was only gin. <laughs> yeah. And I said, after he came off after his next scene, he said, did you find my thing? And I said, Michael, it was only gin. Oh, fuck, love. Did I forget to put the tonic in again? 
And you think 50% of that is you probably did forget to put the tonic in. 50% of that is that's what you're meant to do. Yeah, hoping you forgot. You're, you're, you've reached a level where it's quite good to not put the tonic in because it's A, a great story, and B, it just adds to your personal... Myth. And, and hanging around with those, because I spent my youth hanging around with actors all, the, all, all constantly. Always just, I just love it, you know. Actors taught me to roll cigarettes. Actors taught me to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. You know. Were it, you acting as well? Or were you yeah, acting? from about the age of five, because Dad was and Mum was as well. So it was just easier if we were in things. Because wow. my brother and I were just, well, we, we were two boys. Yeah. And got to keep you busy. Yeah, got to keep us busy. So we've been doing it for a long time. But, but the dream thing, the dream I think that I always had was to, I wanted to, I wanted to be in front of people performing. And I think that now that dream has changed slightly to, I dream about the ability to perform without having to be watched by people. <laughs> Competitive and gay. Those are the two <laughs> things that people think I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Competitive and gay. In fact, I heard through a third party, someone had sent a letter to... Um, Spicks and Specs complaining about Adam Richard being too overly homosexual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and saying that Alan Bro was always much more discreet about his gayness. <laughs> so discreet that I'm straight. So yeah, people did think I was very competitive. I remember the I remember going on a radio show once, and Tim Smith said there's some letters in the Green Guide about how you're too competitive, and I was just mortified. Like, yeah. like I understand that he uh, like I. But the idea that someone would write to the newspaper complaining about me made me physically ill. It's pretty strange. And yeah. I just, because I just thought, haven't you got anything fucking better to do with yourself, you dumb cunt? <laughs> is what I actually thought. Like, really. So, I mean, they're complaining about you, not because you joined ISIS <laughs> or Yeah. Place, you know, because you really competitive. They think you're competitive on a game show. On a fucking game show. Yeah, isn't that Th that's all there is to. I mean, there's not. It's not like there's prizes. No. It was every. It was only moral victories. Yeah. And I mean, you can't. I mean, the ABC is the only place television channel probably left in the world where you can still have a moral victory. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember. Yeah. Well, I. It, it's funny with my daughter because she thinks you talk to everybody because everyone talks to you. Yeah. Because people come up to me all the time yeah. and talk to me. And she said to me one time, this is quite a, quite a while ago, she said, Daddy, why do so many people talk to you? And I said, well, I'm on the television. Really? And I said, yes. She'd never seen the show. She'd seen it once. I came home and my brother was babysitting her and they were watching Specs and Specs. And she said, Daddy, you were on the television. And I said, yes. And she said, you've been on the television for quite some time now. <laughs> and so the, it was about halfway through the episode. I said, yes, and I'm on till the end of this. Oh, and that was, she's never seen it again. She's never mentioned, but she, but the, the, the sort of the thing that the, the, the thing that's happened because of it is that she talks to everybody yeah. and she's very engaged and she's very, she's very beautiful with she's got huge eyes and she just stares at people until they talk to her on the tram, <laughs> just stares at them. And then they'll, and then someone will go, hello. And she'll go, hello. So. Uh, what I was thinking was, and then they're off, and this person's then trapped because you can't. It's really difficult to extricate. Like on public transport, it's really hard to extricate yourself from any conversation. Like yeah. if a, just a chatty person sits down next to you, and you're thinking, "Oh, come on!" Yeah. It's really hard to go. I'm not into it. Yeah. Like if a mad person sits down to you, yeah. it's really difficult. You think, 
will they kill me with a pencil? Yes, scary. And when a little girl who's three and a half just goes, so what I was thinking about was this turtle, his, whose name is Zoe, you see people going, how am I going to get out of this? Yeah. <laughs> really? Don't they engage? Oh, no, they do. A lot of them do engage. In fact, one guy said to her one time, she said to him, why do you have paint all over your clothes? He said, oh, I am a painter. I paint walls and ceilings. And he said, can I give you some career advice? And she went, uh, yes. He said, don't ever be a painter. He said, be an artist. That's great. But don't be a painter. The u- workplaces are too heavily unionised and it's just a nightmare. <laughs> I know, and it was just hilarious. Photos? They take photos with you? Yep. Lots of photos, and I don't like photos. I don't like having my photo taken. It's quite intrusive when you really think about it from the perspective of the person who is being forced into a photo. Yeah, it is. And I I just sort of, I, I, if if I'm with my daughter, no. Yeah. Because someone has to stop her running onto the road. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can't do that when someone is, because people who spend so much time on their phones yet seem completely incapable in the presence of minor celebrity to operate said phone to take a photo <laughs> without without it 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 con- oh, hang on hang on hang on I'm on yeah, video yeah. I'm on video oh hang no on. no and then 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 the then I've I've actually cautioned people against this before they've said I'll give the phone to mum no no you will not give the phone to mum <laughs> Mum is going to make, this is going to be a disaster from beginning to end if you give the phone to mum. And mum will normally be going, here. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Mum's got an old Nokia, which she's really happy with, yep. that takes a photo that all the photos look like security footage <laughs> of, a, of, a, of a really small person fleeing from a long way away. Yep, yep. But she's happy with yep. that. And then her daughter hands her a giant, because another thing I'm obsessed with is that, that people think those brick phones from the 80s are really funny, apart from the fact that all phones are really gigantic now. Yep, yep. They're, and they're getting bigger and bigger. Yep. So she'll hand her mother this gigantic phone and ask her mother to take a photo. And two hours later, <laughs> After I know all the biographical information about this person, because you've got to keep, chatting. you've got to keep chatting. Otherwise, the silences are so horribly awkward yeah. that it, you might as well just fuck them. <laughs> because that's what the that's the silence is so awkward. It's like after you've gone, oh no, we just had sex. <laughs> you know, you've taken someone home. I mean, I can't remember. I'm only going on very vague memories because this hasn't happened for a really, really long time. But you go home with someone, you have sex, and that sobers you up enough to go, oh, my God! <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> Call the fire brigade or some, not the police or the ambulance. Maybe the ambulance. Yeah. But so, yes, and you just sometimes think this has taken such a long time. And the onus is on you to kind of be entertaining, isn't it? Because they're sort of freaking out and they're embarrassed. They are freaking out and embarrassed and their mother's trying to work out what... To, and their mother's <laughs> accidentally sending an email to somebody <laughs> or just mashing the screen. And, yeah. and, you, and you just think, this is lovely. It started out lovely, but now what am I getting out of this? Like, at least with the horrible sex scenario, yeah. you've had sex. Yeah. With the horrible outside coals when it's really busy... Yeah. Photo scenario. Yeah, what? Not even a wristing. No. Because <laughs> that's, I mean, I know enough to know it's rude to ask for that. 
Like, there's no... When their mum's there, it's really rude. Well, at least there won't be a photo of it because their mum's <laughs> operating the camera. So there'll be no photos of anything. And then the worst one is when they finally take a photo and they go, Can, I'll have a look at it. I always try and just go, I always try and get away then. Yeah, I don't Because it's never going to be good enough. It's, you've got it out at arm's length or I've held onto it for you. Yeah. So I look like I'm carrying walnuts in a sack under my chin. <laughs> But that's all right, because thanks for the memories. Yeah. <laughs> the, I, I didn't know whether I would talk much, because sometimes I... These things are interesting, because you just go... But then I'm just a blabbermouth, and I'm worried... I worry... The definition of a bore, I can't remember who... I read it somewhere, is a someone who tells you everything. <laughs> and I just think, oh, God, I'm turning into a horrible old bore. You are many things, but boring is not one of them. Yeah, but the thing is... <laughs> Thank you. That is a lovely thing to say. The problem is that everything's nice until it's everywhere. Do you know what okay. I mean? Like the sea is lovely until that's all you can see. Right, okay. So like, what you're saying is I could drown in you? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. But the thing is like, like so standing on the seashore and looking at the sea and playing in the sea and watching your kids play in the sea is lovely. When you're stranded in the middle of the sea and that's all you can see, it's not lovely. So I'm hoping to... Sometimes I think I push the boat out quite a distance. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, that's all right. I haven't seen you in ages. No, it's that's so, true. You know, it's exciting to me. It's interesting to catch up on tape. It's a, oh, yeah, I want to drown in you. It's so long since I've seen you. We used to see each other a lot before we had kids and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and when you were doing your old, the actor you were telling me about, I just thought, well, that's just you on a lot of red wine. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and yeah. And your finger would go up and your eyebrows would go up really high. I know. Oh yeah, I'm so, well this is, and I totally understand why people think that from, from my appearances, my numerous appearances on television, why the competitive thing, yeah, it was a game show, but the gay thing I sort of totally get because I am pretty, I'm pretty camp. Yeah. Like I think that, I think my girlfriend of many, many years genuinely thinks I might be gay. Like, I mean, we've had a baby and everything, but still, you yeah. know. She's a pretty good beard, though, if that's the case. <laughs> like, I, it's, she's such a good beard, I don't know. <laughs> but I was walking, when, when the baby was born, she was very little and we were living um, in Fitzroy. So there was a lot of really nicely renovated villas owned by two gentlemen of the same yes. gender. And um, I was pushing her in the pram one time and these two blokes came out with their matching beards out of their lovely terrace and looked at me and said, oh, Alan, where did you get that? Indicating to the baby. <laughs> and I, I didn't really know what to say, because I, I thought, if you're not being facetious, then this is a wide-ranging conversation we need to have. <laughs> and then one of them said, well, if it's good enough for Elton John, I suppose, and off they trotted. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was a genuine commercial inquiry. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it was, yeah. How who, did you get that? This, it's a, it's a good, she's a good-looking one. Where, who is the surrogate? I wish I'd, this wasn't the case. You become more and more worried about what people think. Mm. And I'm very jealous of people who aren't that worried. Like, I think it's good to be aware of what people think. Mm -hmm. Having a kid is good for it, though, because I find myself singing on the tram a lot more. Yeah. And doing a lot of things and just going, oh, actually, she's, we're having a really lovely time. Yeah. I go to the beach. And I, I never used to go to the beach, right. you know? Yeah. But I get my big ruched mum togs on. And I get down Brilliant. there. And I love it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, they're, they're totally into it. And they're, mm. you just go, well, I can't. 
I can't worry you with what I'm worried about. Yeah. Like I'm going to anyway. Yeah. We try our best, but we fuck them up anyway. So, but yeah. And I sort of sometimes, I don't long for those days of being young because there were just so many bad things about it. But I do sometimes wish that I wasn't so scared of what people thought. But maybe that'll go away. Maybe when you get really old, you just go, ah, oh, screw it. I hope so. I don't care. Yeah. And you just start fucking people's shit up again. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be Maybe I'll start wearing skirts again when I'm 70. <laughs> stand up, stand up I pursued because there was no other work because I wasn't pretty and it was the 80s, the end of the As 80s. As an acting work. As an acting work. Yeah. So I was funny but I wasn't attractive. And you had to be, you know... It's still very important, but at that point, when I was a young man, it was very important. Yes. So I wasn't attractive enough to get acting work. Um, and that's all right, because, you know, that's the way it is. I, I like that there are lots of beautiful actors and actresses, so good on them. Mm -hmm. um, so I started doing stand-up, and then we came to Melbourne just for a change, I think. I'd done a television program called Melody Rules, which was pretty awful, and I was awful in it. But it was my first sort of television thing. But I think for a change of scene, I knew Frank and Colin. Those are the only people I knew. Mm. And it seemed like a really good scene. So I came over here and started doing things. So, mm. but. And then you landed the dream, the dream that a lot of people chase. You know, you were cast in a TV show and people liked it. Yeah. I mean, that's so, that's witchcraft. That's so oh, yeah. infrequent. Yeah. You know, and people watched it in droves. It raided. And all those awful blogs weren't, weren't printing your terrible numbers every week. And, yeah. you know, it was great. Yeah, well, and it was. It was amazing. But Courtney came in. We'd done some, I can't remember what rating we'd done. And she came in with a case of horrible pink sparkling wine. <laughs> and it really made no difference that the quality of it, that it wasn't very nice. Because yeah. we just went, well, that's really cool. And they were very, the ABC were very supportive of it. Now they're chasing those yeah. things. And, and I think it's interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a producer and he just said, they just don't get it. They just don't get that they've got to, they just got to, that's a, that was a golden time. They can't chase you it. You were never three cool kids. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, guys. no. We're one, a guy who's got an artificial foot. <laughs> uh, a bogan girl from the country. Yeah. Who and a nerdy gay guy who isn't even isn't even that committed to being gay because he's not, you know. And I mean, Myth, for instance, is, is it's probably you know was just one of the great role models for young women on the television because she was genuinely her. Mm -hmm. Like it's it can never be understated how difficult it is to be yourself, mm -hmm. and she was myth mm -hmm. and so many young women particularly I mean young men as well but young women just went okay so I don't have to be standing in a lagoon in my bikini <laughs> to be on the television yeah. or I don't have to be I don't have I can just be me mm. I can be a mole from Mildura who yeah. knows everything about the 1980s and still freaks out when Brian Mannix <laughs> Is sitting next to me, yeah. you know, it was, but yeah, I mean, you know, when the first day I turned up, I didn't even know what it was, and I don't think they wanted me, I think after I'd been there for a little while, I think they thought they'd made a mistake, <laughs> because I, 
I wasn't very good at it to begin with. In what way? Well, I just, well, it just takes me ages to learn how to do things. And it was, it's not easy to do those shows. No. I thought that, the, I thought that um, Adam and Ella and Josh did a really, really wonderful job on the new one. I think they got it very, very quickly, much quicker than I got it. Well, also, they'd all had the opportunity to be guests on the old show. Yeah, however, there's a real difference yeah, right. between being... I mean, you, prob you would know this from when you started radio. Like, there's a huge difference between being a guest on someone's radio show and it being your radio show. Yeah, yeah. But also, the ABC fucked them because they left our one on. Yeah. You know, it's like having... It's like... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Divorcing someone, getting married again and saying, but my ex-wife is going to live in the house with us. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But it won't be weird. Yeah. You know, I just, I really, I think the ABC really screwed those guys. Mm. They should be ashamed of themselves. So. Yeah. You're not flattered? What? Well, I guess... In a way, it sort of felt like your show, your version was so good that, that no one could cop a new version. I mean, the British well, show, of course the they could. has had a lot of different hosts and changed a million times. Yeah, and, but, they, but they, don't keep those, they don't keep old episodes of the Buzzcocks on an hour before the new episode. Yeah, okay. Like, everything's more glorious. The, the, you know, if they had kept that, they took that show was off in January for two weeks, yeah. the repeats that are on ABC2 all the time. Mm -hmm. And I thought, great, you're, you're not going to play it. You're going to give these guys a fair crack at it. Mm -hmm. No, no, it came on after two weeks. I don't know why. Maybe someone forgot that it was meant to be on. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, great. And people would say to me, oh, it's not the same. I'd watch yours and I'll watch the new one and it's not the same. And you go, you shouldn't even be watching ours. Yeah. It shouldn't be on. The ABC wanted their cake and they wanted two cakes. Yeah. And they wanted both cakes to be the greatest cakes ever. And they screwed it. You know, and they treated those guys with, a, with disre complete disrespect. I don't know behind the scenes how they treated them, but publicly it just came across as complete disrespect. I've n yeah. I think it's very angering because they never got a chance. So, but yeah, it was fun. It was fun while it lasted and I'm glad we finished on a high note because people still like it and we still look back on it. And you know, it may be 
it will probably be the thing that people remember, and that's okay. It was good. I'm Michelle Laurie, and you are right in the middle of the Nitty Gritty Committee. Thank you for downloading. It's all brought to you by Car City Ringwood. No, well, I don't refuse to work. Okay. I can't work because I have a much more important thing to do, which is looking after my daughter. My girlfriend works, which is great. I don't want to work at the moment because I run the house, I cook, I clean, I look after my daughter when she's not at daycare. I take her to daycare, I pick her up. We do all this stuff. Mm. It's much more important than anything else. Um, no, I mean, I like to do things that engage me. And, you know, if, if and when I have the opportunity to do it again, maybe when she goes to school, I might. I probably won't have the opportunity because everyone would have forgotten about me by then, but that's the choice that I've made. With a bit of luck, Spicks and Specs reruns will still be on. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that, whether they keep on repeating it. Mm. Surely people will get sick of it soon. I know. It's the new MASH. We'll just play it for years. Yeah, that's true. I think I'm clinger, aren't I? <laughs> You're totally clinger. Yeah. 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 Did you know at some point during Spicks that it was this sort of cultural phenomenon? No, and I've never thought of it as a cultural phenomenon. That's the first time that I've... Um, someone yelled at me once, I love you, <laughs> when I was walking around with my mum, and she went, do you know them? And I said, no, and she said, well, what on earth is that about? I said, I think they like the television program. <laughs> it's weird when that happens in front of your parents, isn't it? Yeah, my <laughs> mother just thought it was the most bizarre thing, and she said, well, they clearly, she actually said, they clearly don't know you. <laughs> and I said, no, mum, they do not. They've only seen me on the television. Yeah. Um, we went on, when we went on tour after about four years, all these people came and I went, we did 11 nights at the Enmore in Sydney. That's massive. Yeah. I've seen people with my name or our pictures on a t-shirt walking <laughs> around and you think, isn't that weird? But the weird thing for me, Michelle, is that in, in the scheme of things, it's just not important. It's, tel it's a television program. Mm -hmm. It's disposable, and the fact that it la has lasted is weird, and I think against the idea of television at all. Mm -hmm. But no, I just, all of a sudden people were coming up to us all the time. Mm -hmm. But you've got to keep it in perspective. A guy came up to me one time and he goes, oh, mate, I've watched every episode of Specs and Specs at least once, most of them twice, and I just, I think you are amazing. And, you know, that's lovely when people say that. And he said, Adam, I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> and I thought, well, you are such a big fan that you don't know my actual name. <laughs> and I've always held that in my mind to remember that, you know, the evanescence of all experience and all things mm -hmm. is important to remember, particularly about television. Mm -hmm. Television, in a way, could have been invented by Buddhists because <laughs> it should be fleeting yeah. and we should always remember that it, that it is. Don't ever think you're attached to television. No, because a television is not attached to you. No. Nah. Television just, yeah, <laughs> uses for you, you for your red, blue and green bits yeah. that can, it can distribute amongst people. So where are you at religiously, by the way? Are you anywhere? It depends. Mm -hmm. I like, I find religion interesting. Mm -hmm. I find theology interesting. Yeah. 
I live near the Salvation Army. I've spent a bit of time with them recently because, as you would know, when you have kids, you meet a whole different group of people. Yeah. Um, and and we go to a play group at an Anglican church. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter is was baptised into the Anglican oh, communion. Oh, okay. Um, so she goes. We go to an Anglican, and we occasionally go to mass. You'd make such a great salvo. Do you ever think about it? I oh, know I don't. Would the, you be a salvo. The sal, the sal, the, the salvo's theology is problematic is for it? me, in, in, in so much as I know about it, and I'm not a proselytizer. Like I, I think that people, religion is very, per, faith is very personal, mm-hmm. and you should be allowed to make up your own mind. And I'm not a. When people used to come to the door, they'd knock at the door, and people of different religions. And my mother would say to them, "We already have our sorted things." Mm-hmm. And I respect that some people believe and that some people don't believe. So yeah, the the missionary zeal of of the Salvation Army is not for me. Mm-hmm. However, they've done amazing work in places like Manus Island and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, n- un- until they were kicked out by the government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. who I believe a lot of whom are Christians. So they obviously are sadomasochistic if they are treating other people as they themselves would wish to be treated. So mm. I thought of starting a possible campaign to raise about $10 million to build an offshore detention centre for the Liberal Party. <laughs> I think I'd get contributions. I really think you would, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. a little bit of a taste of it. We'll put some private security firm in charge of it. Mm. We'll dehumanise them and brutalise them a bit because that always helps, I think. How's your mental health? How has it been? Has it ever been an issue for you? Look, I find it difficult to know mm-hmm. because I th- I'm think about things a lot and just get worried about almost everything. So I don't know whether I've ever been... I don't know how healthy I've been mentally at any point. <laughs> when I was 16, I went completely man- mental. Really? Like in the, and, I, and I used the word mental purposely because I was 16. Yeah. And that would... And, and I think ever since then, I've, I've tried not to go mental again. What happened then? I'd, my, my best friend at the time got expelled from school, and I thought it was on trumped-up charges. I was angry. <laughs> I needed to lash out, and so I just... I just did. What did you do? Oh, I just made everyone's life a misery in the only the way that a relatively intelligent 16-year-old boy can by just, yeah, asking them things they didn't know how to answer, just being a bit of a cunt about stuff. <laughs> Is that really going mental? I mean, did you burn the school down? Did you? No, but I made, I made people's lives pretty miserable. Okay. And I was... I was very, very angry, and the anger just completely overwhelmed me. Yeah, okay. And I think that that's one version of going mental. Yeah. Like, it's, it was just, there was all this stuff knocking around inside me, and I didn't know how to harness it. Mm-hmm. Um, the principal of the school, Brother Peter Bray, was great. So he sort of helped me through that. God knows where he got the patience from. Well, actually, he got the patience from God, actually, <laughs> I think. He's now, I believe, the head of the Palestinian University. Wow. Yeah. There's a principal of the Palestinian University in somewhere like Tel Aviv or somewhere like that. So 
I like to think that I prepared him for working in the Middle East. Sometimes, you know, sometimes after spending a day with my daughter, I just go, I'm just going to, if, like, if a swan wandered past, big, thick, stranglable neck, I'd just grab it. Yep. But I think the fact that I know that probably means that everything's reasonably okay. And it means that I stay away from swans. Is she the most challenging thing you've ever tackled in yeah, your life? because she's super smart already. Yeah. She's like her mother. Yeah. Um, her mother is to blame for all of this. And, 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 I, and I, I say this openly because I blame her mother all the time <laughs> to her face. Um, she's super smart. And... She's really butting up against that thing at the moment, where, which someone was explaining to me, where she's really intelligent, but emotionally she's not. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of frustrations and a lot of yeah. things. But they're not listening. Oh, yeah. the amount of times you have to say, will you just listen to me? <laughs> you are giving me the shits. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Hold my hand. There are lots of people in cars around. I don't want to hold your hand. Well, then we're going home. <laughs> So, but then other days, and then there's always that wonderful thing, and my mother told me about it, and it's true, you know, it is, it is true, that then you go and look at them when they're asleep. Yeah. And you go, oh, I spent the whole day wanting to strangle you, but now I love you. Yeah. That's why they sleep. I mean, they sleep so they can grow, and they sleep so that you can go, ah, I love you. My brother says it's the irrationality he couldn't handle. You know, when they're crying because they just want it to be Thursday. It's just, and I can't make it Thursday, you know? I saw recently she was just, just didn't know what she wanted. Mm -hmm. And I realised, I've been there and I said, look, it's okay. I know that, I understand that you just don't know what you want at the moment. It's going to be okay. And that was good. And then she slapped me in the face. (laughs) And you think, you see, you know, and it's one of those things where you just think, I've just done a good bit of dadding then. Whack! <laughs> right, okay. Does she make you keep your mental health together, do you think? Because you're responsible for another person. Mm. You can't go and have a doona day, you can't... No, you just got to push on through. Yeah. Some days I just say to her, Daisy, today is not the day yep. to test me. Today is not a good day for dad. It's, our dad is having a bad day and then she'll cuddle me oh. and you go you're so sensitive and then she'll step on my balls <laughs> and you think okay there's a lovely kid in there battling to get out it's like she lives inside her lives her evil twin so no no she you like I yeah you can't yeah you're right you can't have a doing a day no so, because she won't stay still. No. Like, you can't have one together. I try, but they yeah. won't. Occasionally we watch the TV for a couple of hours mm-hmm. and just sit there together. Mm-hmm. And I might, you know, either read, hold, you know, have a book in my hand, read it, or just, well, just, I might just close my eyes and think nice thoughts. <laughs> and she doesn't mind watching the television. She said to me recently, one of her friends from Croatia went back to South Africa. And she said, I would like to go and visit her in South Africa. I said, it's quite a long way. Well, we need to go on a big plane, Daddy. And I said, yes. And she said, well, that is all right. I can watch TV the whole way. 
And I said, you probably would. It's 13 hours. She'd watch the TV for 13 hours because dudes would just be bringing her food. I know. I know. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, like well, the last time we were on a plane, we went to New Zealand and a guy bought her French onion soup. Well, if I bought her French onion soup, there'd be an international incident. What is this? She was just like, a stranger brings her a thing on a plane. Oh, I'll have that. <laughs> I think any time you realise you're not as good as you thought you were is very hard. Yeah. So you put yourself in a situation and you go, I'm really good at this, and then you realise you're not. And then you have to continue working at it. Yeah. And sometimes it's just nice to be good at something. But I never really have been. So I sometimes I just get a bit tired of having to try and be better mm -hmm. because I'm not good enough. So that's that's probably the lowest times is when I just go, really? Can't I just be good at something? No, I can't. You know, I'll think, oh, I'm across this. No, I'm not. And I just, I, and I know this sounds really weird, and I know that, you know, a person listening to this, and I mean, fair play to them, uh, might just go, well, that's ridiculous. Oh, you, you are good at things, but the problem for many people is, and I think the problem, the, the, the mental health problems that many people suffer from, is it doesn't matter what other people think. And so, you know, I would like, I would like to be good at something. <laughs> and, I, and, and, I, and I am fully aware, Michelle, that that just sounds really weird well, and also slightly self-pitying and, and to you, patently untrue. But, but because you understand these things and anyone who has struggled with self-doubt will know that it unfortunately matters not a jot what anyone else thinks. Mm. Well, the trouble with this one is that you are good at things and so it feels like it's completely unattainable because we need, because you need you to feel that you're good at things. Yeah. So if, if you so patently are good at things and refuse to accept it, then what are we to do? I know, and that's the problem, isn't it? <laughs> it's refusing to accept it. It's like it's self-inflicted. It is. Yeah. We're going to start some new hobbies to that's try right. and find something you feel, you believe you're good at. Yeah, well, it's like pottery, a... Pottery, maybe it's pottery. Maybe yeah. it's maybe it's golf. Have you tried golf? No, I can't. It's, can, it's too conservative, golf, in essence. Okay. Um, and I think, I think you have to screw a whole lot of chicks or something like that. I don't know what people are up to or... <laughs> I, I don't know. Ten pin bowling. Because there's the number on the screen. You're either good at it or you're not. You would have to accept that. Yeah, yeah. Tr look, I would have to accept that. Mm. Um, no, actually, I disagree. Because there'd always be something you could do better. Okay. And that's the problem. Is It's like emotional suicide. You know, you, you're just constantly shooting yourself down. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I just so those are the those are the moments. But then, if that's the worst thing, if I don't like myself a bit, is the worst thing that's happening. Okay. I can probably keep a handle on that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it makes life dissatisfying in some senses, professionally, and difficult to get motivated sometimes. 
But, and maybe this is also an addition to the problem, compared to most people, I should just shut the fuck up. <laughs> now, I'm not advocating that people keep them, their problems to themselves. Yeah. But it's really not a major problem not thinking you're very good at things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm, I've been very blessed. I, yeah, I have a family. I never thought I'd have a family that just sort of popped out. Actually did pop out. One, I had to be sort of levered out. <laughs> Didn't want to come out by the, the, the normal route. Um, and, you know, yeah, I, I'm turning into my parents a bit. I, I think I recently said, what is she wearing about someone on the television? And it may be of someone, it may be of someone like Iggy Azalea when you know exactly what you're getting yourself in for. So it wasn't like I saw, like, Princess Mary doing a booty dance and went, well, what is, what is she wearing? It was like some woman who is well known for wearing very little yeah. and shaking her jelly all over the shop. <laughs> so, you know, and that's nice as well in a way. There's an atavistic quality to that which I like, that sort of becoming everything that you used to fight against and you realise wasn't that bad because it's not, you know, I'm sort of happy to say, you know, I'm looking forward to saying to my daughter, well, you're not leaving the house wearing that <laughs> and then letting her leave the house. <laughs> and I hope to be, above all else, that one of those dads where all her friends go, oh my God, he's so awesome, I wish he was my dad, and she goes, he's such a dick! <laughs> How can you like him? He's so stupid. Oh, he's so funny. And the way he sings just in the middle of just talking and starts singing, it's hilarious. And she's like, oh my God, you can have him. He's so awful. He's weird and old and he's got hair in his ears. That's the guy I want to be. Because, you know, having spent this time with her as well, looking after her and just us having time together, she will know that I love her. Yeah. So it's not like we haven't spent a lot of time together. So that I can really kick that stuff in. Yeah. When it comes time. Yeah. No, not like that, Missy. Yeah. Back in your room. Put some pants on. Dad, I'm wearing pants. Okay, take some pants off. <laughs> what? And then I'll just leave the room. My work here is done. Oh and yeah, well, that's a here is saying here is saying to Helen, he's just mental. <laughs> and here just going, yep. He just told me to take my pants off before leaving the house. And they're saying, well, don't do that. <laughs> well, I don't know, who's, who's in charge? <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's something to look forward to. For me, not for her, obviously. Yeah. You know, so maybe come back in about, about 12, 11 or 12 years and ask her how her mental health is <laughs> and ask her what I'm like. Oh, he's just weird. And he chased all the, and, and, and boys aren't allowed in the house. No, they're not. Not even allowed on the grounds. <laughs> grounds. <laughs> on the grounds. What do you mean the grounds? Parkville. <laughs> Brunswick. North Fitzroy. Pakenham. <laughs> not allowed in the Melbourne metro area. <laughs> I've put glass 
on your windowsill. <laughs> yeah, on the inside, Dad. That's weird. Yes, I'll admit that is weird. So, I think I'm all right. I think I think planning to be a mental old dude yeah. proves that I'm doing okay. I think you're great. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Bro, of course, as he pointed out a number of times, he can still be seen on Specs and Specs uh, about 24 hours a day on ABC One. Thank you so much for downloading the Nitty Gritty Committee. In upcoming episodes, Fiona O'Loughlin, Molly Meldrum, Will Anderson, among many others. Also some special episodes about missing persons, palliative care and some LA files. It's going to be a mixed bag, guys, but I hope you'll come along for the ride. You'll find more info about all of our guests at michellelaurie.com as well as a place to leave questions and feedback. There's also a link there to the website of Tenzin Choyil. He is the man behind the beautiful Tibetan music you've heard throughout the podcast. Thank you to Tim Mountford and Peter Laurie for editing help, but please know that the clunkiest edits are all mine. And thank you for downloading this episode of the Nitty Gritty Committee, conversations about the guts and the glory of life. Please subscribe to get them all on iTunes and go ahead and leave us a nice review if you feel so inclined. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.